Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, I'm Jenny Gwen, and this is Catholic Moms in the Middle. This is a special show that I am recording for you. I didn't share this with you, Kate, but this is my 100th podcast. So I'm very excited to reach this milestone. But what I'm most excited about is that I have Kate Capato with me today. Kate is an artist, and she is magnifying Christ through her artwork. Welcome, Kate. Thanks so much for having me, and congratulations on the 100th podcast. That's a success. Awesome. Yes, thank you. Kate is going to share a little bit about her story. Her website is visualgrace.org. After you listen to the show, be sure to go and look at her artwork. And I just sat, I don't know how long I just sat and looked at it. And I know for me, I could feel myself connecting in my faith and it, with Christ through all of the beautiful artwork. So um, Kate is going to tell us how she got started. She's going to tell us what she does. And for those of you who are in Nashville, Kate is going to be here January 30th. She's going to be speaking at St. Anne Catholic Church on Charlotte at 6.30 on January 30th. Um, it's a free event. Everybody's invited. You're going, there's going to be some speaking. You're going to show your artwork. And then you're also going to have some of your artwork for sale as well. Yeah. I'm yes. so excited to be there soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kate, what led you to expressing your faith in this way? Wonderful question. I, I grew up Catholic in a big Catholic family of one of six. Um, my mom is very artsy. We were homeschooled for some chunk of our schooling. So she kind of gave us some lessons. And they, my family really built that foundation of the faith, I would say. And I guess the Lord just kind of implanted this creative desire in me since I was young. So I was always drawing, creating homemade cards, loved art class, if you will, at home and whatnot. And just was drawn to that beauty, um, but not just in the arts, in nature as well. My grandparents live in the mountains and hiking and seeing nature that way was always intriguing to me. I remember looking at snowflakes, intrigued by the difference of them and just, I guess, by grace in all of what God creates and the, the uniqueness of everything. So I was always drawn to beauty, I would say, and had like this desire to to create what I see, what the Lord is sharing with me, and to share that with others. I didn't know what that would look like at a young age. I would 
create ballets in our basement and invite the whole neighborhood. Like I said, birthday cards, all that fun stuff as you do as a kid. And and that never really stops. So a lot of people do that as children and then it, you know, dwindles out and you get other interests. For me, it continued. And I wanted to grow in the the talents that I felt the Lord was giving me to just invest in growing those techniques, dance, painting, drawing, all those things that I was kind of drawn to. Um, but it, it was always under that umbrella of experiencing God's beauty. I was always just so intrigued by the beauty of God. And that is what just led me as a young child. And that continued as I got older. And I'll be honest though, as I was in my teenage years looking for, for colleges, I didn't know how I would proceed. I didn't know how art and the faith combined. Like it felt like two different worlds. And a lot of people I'm sure can relate to me because, you know, you go into a museum, you go down the modern hallway, right? And it feels like faith is not just absent, but like frowned upon and often belittled. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being nice and how far they can go sometimes. Right. Um, so it felt like I couldn't combine the two. That's, that's the impression that I got during my college years. So I thought, okay, well, how can I proceed as an artist? How could, how could I help people still? Because I had that ache, like I said, that was drawn to God's beauty. And I was trying to figure out what that would look like. So I thought, well, maybe fashion design, maybe I can make a modest clothing line. And so I did go down that route. Um, but after my first year studying that, I, I learned, okay, this is not, my heart's not set here. This isn't it. So I transferred. And then I thought art therapy was a, a possibility, which is a beautiful, a beautiful um, career path as well. And I went down that thinking, okay, I'll do some counseling with art and, you know, help people in that way. And hopefully like can bring in God that way. Um, I graduated with that in mind and I would have had to get my master's in that. And after I, I graduated, I applied and got into master programs, but I kept deferring them because it didn't feel right still. You knew. Yeah. And I didn't want to spend more money if I was like, this, this still doesn't feel right. It's not quite it, Lord. Um, so I actually ended up doing mission work for several years. Uh, you might be familiar with a group called The Culture Project. They're based in Philly, but they travel all around speaking to students about human dignity and sexual integrity. And I worked with them um, for three years, but it felt like faith and art were separate. So I had my mission time. I had my art time and it just felt like, when are they going to come together, Lord? Who am I? Like, how does this make sense? I was also still performing dance again on the side of mission. It wasn't combined, but I had an opportunity to perform with my dance company in, uh, Florence, Italy one year, actually. And it was there that I encountered a school that was on its first or second year at the time. Now they've been there for a little bit. And um, it's called the Sacred Arts School. And I was like, oh my goodness, this exists today. This is a thing. Um, and it lit a light bulb in me like, okay, God, maybe, maybe these two can be combined. And it's not just something that happened in the Renaissance days. And maybe you're wanting that in our church today to kind of reignite beauty. So it kind of was just a light bulb in that time because I was committed to other things. And it wasn't until several years later that I felt called to apply and I didn't know how I would do it, but the Lord financially provided. And um, what I thought was going to be just like a summer program turned into being their full um, oil painting program. 
and all under learning about sacred art. It wasn't just an art school. And that's what really intrigued me. So we were doing theology, particularly theology of the body, um, and studying the physical body through art. So it was a really cool combination. And um, ever since then, I've been able to, by God's grace alone, keep going full time with creating paintings and um, just uh, continuing this mission. And, and it's really cool too, because my time with the Colch Project, which was mostly public speaking, it, it wasn't for nothing either. Like one, it's definitely ministering for that mission. But what I learned there is, is my point is what I learned there has continued to help me with where he's called me now. So I still go around and speak and use my art. So like they're combining even more than I would have imagined at the time. It's all starting to kind of zip together. I love how you wanted to combine your faith and your art, because I think sometimes in today's world, we do put our faith and career or hobbies or whatever, we put them in different boxes and we don't always like push them together. We don't make them one. And so I love how you followed your heart and you kept searching and searching until you found what you wanted. And really and truly looking back, and I find this myself too, where I am at this point in my life, like all of these things that I did that I was a part of all helped me become the person that I am so that I could serve where I am today, that I could serve my moms in the middle. Right. I love that. And we don't see it in the middle of these things going on. We often feel like, Lord, I feel all over the place. This isn't it. This isn't it. And we're right in a sense. It's not our our final vocation or permanent call, whatever you want to say. They all have a purpose. And you start to learn that as it begins to weave together some skill that you learn, some experience. Maybe it's a trial you had to go through to relate to who you're going to minister to. It all has a purpose when when it's under... um, when it's under the fiat that we give the Lord, it all has a purpose, which is- It does, and going through it, and you could probably relate to this too, often it's frustrating. Like, God, do you see the desire in my heart? You see how I yeah. want to worship you and and how I want to serve. Why are you not putting the path in front of me? Why are you not showing right. me? But yet he is. Like, he's always guiding and leading us. True, true. And it's so unique to each person. Sometimes we look at others and think, okay, I need to grasp onto what they're doing, but it's not your call. It's different. So, you you know, that's important to keep in mind too. When we hear the beautiful testimonies of others, it's important for us to be encouraged, but to know that our story is going to be unique to us and it won't look the same. And that's good. That's really good because he knows exactly what our heart needs and the gift that we are to the world that's different than anybody else. Absolutely. So I want to talk about God's beauty. On your website, you have Through Beauty Encounter the Divine. Tell me about that. When I was younger, I was always intrigued by God's creation, nature, the human body. But that continued uh, when I was, I guess it was college years that I was introduced to the Theology of the Body message, which hopefully most people are familiar with. But if you're not, dive into that. It's um, St. John Paul II reiterates it for us. I wouldn't say it's a new teaching. It's something that's in our faith, but he gives us in in more clear terms. Christopher West helps us too by clarifying it for people like me who need simplified terms. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically understanding how there's the three transcendentals, right? Truth, beauty, and goodness, right? Beauty is a part of that, which means it's an aspect of who God 
it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we hear the term beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I don't care for that term um, for multiple reasons. The biggest one is that it downplays God as beauty, right? So if we say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, that in essence can boil down to like we determine who God is because beauty is an attribute of God. So it's not a true statement if we're people of faith. Um, now, I will say we experience beauty in our own ways. So there is a subjective encounter. So the way that you would experience versus myself can change. The way I experience day to day can change. You know, I could be having a bad mood. I could be hungry and miss all the beautiful things around me. Um, but the beauty itself is objectively good because it is a value of the Lord. Um, and, that, and when I say this, I mean authentic beauty because there are counterfeits in our culture today too. So in essence, I could go on and on about this as you probably can start to see. I began studying God's beauty, studying um, aesthetics. Diedrich von Hildebrand is a theologian, philosopher who dives into this, a Catholic one, and starts to introduce us to the concept of aesthetics from the standpoint of sea as well. And he's the one that says, um, beauty brings us to the divine. And, and it, in essence, it's just reiterating that God is beauty. So when we taste beauty in this life, whether it is visually or in music and in, in, in nature and smell and taste, all these different ways that we encounter beauty, really we're, we're experiencing God. We are. So sometimes that gets misdirected, which theology of the body, that message kind of goes into where we get stuck on the earthly encounter, when in essence, it's supposed to be a window into that divine encounter. So that's the key is to like challenge ourselves with these encounters to allow it to, in essence, open up that ache that's there and recognize, okay, I am experiencing the Lord in this and I want more. To not get stuck on that experience, but recognize that it's pointing me deeper and beyond to the Lord, to heaven, to the divine. Um, and that's like a good and a challenge all rolled into one. Because <laughs> like I said, there's an ache there. It's not just, it's not entertainment. There's a big difference between being entertained and being like, oh, that was nice. When we encounter real beauty, there's a, there's a pain there as much as like an all. It's, it's a mixed in, if that it makes sense. What comes to mind when we're talking, um, I have become a grandmother. I have a 20-month-old granddaughter, and you've mentioned becoming a new mom. And like that ache, that beauty, when I look at her and when I looked at my own children, they're the face of God. There's that that beauty in them that does draw you closer. Mm -hmm. Right. And— there's, there's stretching in that. There's sacrifice in that, right? Labor as well as when they're sick, your heart aches for them. Like there's, there's in this side of life, beauty is mixed in with the ache. Until we get to that heavenly ecstasy, we will always have that ache because it's telling us we were made for more. We were made for eternity with Christ. Right. So when you had this realization and Everything came together with your painting and you found the art school in Florence. What was your first painting? What was your first piece that you realized, okay, I'm 
I'm living my calling. I'm living my purpose. And this is how I can magnify Christ for others. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if it was a specific art or like just a specific moment. I think it was more gradual. I definitely have works that stand out where I feel even more that I'm able to express what's deep on my heart. Um, But I do remember a specific moment in Italy when I was just doing a sketching project for school. And um, I was, I think I was just drawing a master copy of the crucifixion. So, and it was just the body of Christ. But I remember being overjoyed that I was able to invest in the talent that he has given me. And just the, just the privilege to do that and to be able to afford it. Um, some people think going to Europe sounds super expensive. The Lord made it so affordable. If he truly calls you to something, he gives you what you need. Um, Absolutely. And I think it was just a recognition of, okay, like, Lord, you, you are paving the way. Like, just a, a confirmation. You're paving the way. I'm being able to invest in what you've given me. And I pray that I do that well and keep doing that well. And it was just like a very simple moment sitting at my desk in my apartment in Italy where I just kind of felt overjoyed with that privilege. Um, so, I, but I will say certain works along my journey. Um, can you have a favorite? Do you have yeah, a favorite? I, I, um, to date, I would say my favorite is uh, titled The Lily. And it's a moment of the Annunciation, but it's articulated with the songs in mind. If anyone who's read St. Bernard Clairvaux, he's written beautiful homilies on the Song of Songs. And I was reading that at the time, and it, oh, it's overflowing with beautiful imagery, very TOB-oriented, highly recommended. And when I was reading it, I was just really tasting that ape. Um, but he particularly articulates how the Song of Songs is, as we know, it's about lovers, but he, he speaks how it's our lady. And we too are supposed to enter that, but, but he orients us to understand it from the perspective of our lady. So the enunciation that I created is from that perspective of Song of Songs, where she's first bride before she come, becomes mother. So she is overflowing with love and the recognition that she's first loved and chosen by God which gives her that power to say yes to her calling. And um, if, if you go to my website, you can see, just look up the lily in my portfolio, but they are situated in a garden. And there's, it's, a very, it's a little bit more of a romantic feel. Um, she's all in white, again, to kind of give us that symbology of bride. And her sash is blue, of course. Um, with that traditional blue as well, but the, the white is supposed to speak bride. And her hand gesture in response to St. Gabriel is, very, again, there's just like this romantic um, understanding that I hope to portray in it. And I particularly enjoy it, one, just because I feel um, the Lord has touched me to recognize that love that he calls us all to, and how he wants to translate that to everybody, that it's, it's not just for a few, it's not just for Our Lady, but that we must first recognize that in loveness with God <laughs> to be able to do what he calls us to do. And if we don't do that, we're not filled, we're not, we don't know our identity. We come from 
that broken place that kind of keeps us hobbling along. But if we do do that, we're strengthened, we're renewed, we have what we need, and we're surprised at what comes out because it's Him. You know, we're, we're united with Him. I love that. I just led a women's retreat a couple of weeks ago, and our focus was on recognizing that we are daughters of the King, that we are royalty and what that means to our identity. So when you said that the Blessed Mother felt loved and chosen by God, which gave her the power to say yes and live her purpose, that should be all of us, that we all feel loved and chosen by God, which will then give us the strength to say yes to our own unique calling. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Um, As I was looking at your website and reflecting on each of the pictures, the one that I was drawn to is called The Woman. Will you tell us a little bit about that one? Yes. So The Woman was created right before I got married, actually. Um, And that actually began with a, a trial in my life. I'll be honest, it was a time where it was, it was pretty dark in terms of my themes. I wasn't hearing God like I had used to. And I had experienced something and made a choice that I almost ostracized myself from the Lord. And I didn't know what to do. I, you know, as people of faith, of course, we go to confession, do all these things. And, but sometimes we hang on to what happened. Yeah. in our minds and it keeps circling and circling so that's what I was doing it was just circling in my mind circling in my mind and I, I wasn't sure what to do and it it brought me to a place of depression for a little while and along that journey uh, actually our lady of Guadalupe started to I like to say holy stalk me <laughs> and then she started just showing up everywhere and uh, it was just really obvious people would just give me gifts of her or she started just uh traveling to churches where she wasn't normally. Um, and one particular day, I was with my husband, who was my fiancé at that time, at their parish, and he's Polish, and it was a, they speak in Polish, so it was a very Polish parish. And uh, I was in the middle of Mass, and Our Lady of Guadalupe was there as a guest presence, so her image was present. And because I don't speak Polish, the whole Mass, I I understood, but I didn't know every word. So it almost was like a long adoration for me. And I remember just staring at her image like, oh, right, you showed up again. I hire um, Our Lady Guadalupe. But I'm in this dark time now, remember. And um, I experienced Our Lady in a way that I had never before. Um, I would have claimed her to be my mother before, but I don't think I ever emotionally experienced that until that day. And... I just felt her presence and I felt her just dive into my heart as a mom. And now I know this even more as a, as a new mom. I felt her say to me, I know what you experienced. I know why you did what you did. And it's going to be okay. And then I felt her say, let go. Mm. And I just broke down. I remember just, I'm getting emotional thinking about it now. I, I just started weeping um, in the middle of mass. And that imagery came to me kind of of this encounter that I have where Our Lady is literally embracing me, but also all of us, pulling us closer to Christ, ultimately, to her womb where Christ is, and saying, let go. So this image that you're referring to, if anyone hasn't seen it, you're welcome to go on my website or you come to one of my events, it should be there. Um, It's 
it's an image of Our Lady holding Eve so that we all can be in her place. And she's pulling her into her womb where Christ is. But particularly Eve is just kind of letting go, surrendering and dropping that apple. You'll see the apple is like bitten and, but she drops it out of her hand and out of the apple grows this white rose, which is symbolic of Our Lady. White is symbolic of purity and is also a symbol of um, that nuptial union. And the fact that it's coming out of the apple, coming out of that place that we thought just we can't fix, we can't get rid of, we can't erase. And Our Lady's like, let go and let's see what beauty God can make of what you think is, you know, unfixable, unchangeable, whatever. Like God can do so much with that. So this is what that image is trying to portray, a mix of God is going to bring good if you let go, (laughs) but also got a Mary's motherly care for us and how she just swoops in and brings us, her children, closer to her womb and, and just really recognizes, you know, it's God is good. Let mm. him fix this. Like, relaxed. <laughs> when I was looking at the picture, I honestly didn't realize it was Eve. As I yeah. was reflecting on it, and I just saw a woman who was so vulnerable. Like, you could just tell— um, she was vulnerable from the way she was dressed, from her demeanor and her posture. It was somebody who was in full surrender. I can't carry this burden anymore. Or take this from me. And then in that place of vulnerability, because we've all been there as women, we've all experienced trials and sufferings. And, and if you're married and have children, like there's all kinds of crosses that come with that. And there are times when you're just like, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And so to me, it was the vulnerability, but also just this encompassing love with the blessed mother, like, I've got you. Like, I'm a mom. I'm a woman. I understand. Just give it right. to me. Let me take it to my son. Right. Right. And I, and yes, you received it well. And I think sometimes we think God or even Our Lady will just be angry at us. And when we, again, I'm learning this as a new mom, like when you mess up and you want to come to your mom and be like, I'm, I messed up. It's not one of, I'm angry at you most of the time. I mean, I, I know some people have had trial and horrible relationships with their parents, but the Lord and our lady don't have that response. It's just one of just deep understanding and a joy that you've even come to them, you know? And, right. and like, we're going to fix it if you let go. Like, kind of kindly get out of the way so that beauty can come from this. Absolutely. It's, it's a gorgeous piece of art. So, Kate, as we wrap up, tell us about your event. What would somebody experience if they come to one of your events like we're having here in Nashville? So, the, we begin with the presentation all under the umbrella of beauty. Um, so the Nashville event is titled Our Lady in the Eucharist. So given it's the year of the Eucharist, we are particularly honing in on the topic of the Eucharist through beauty and Our Lady through beauty and um, what those two have in common and what the call is for that, really just diving into the true presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. And the difference is we're using beauty to go there, whether that's through original artwork that I'll have present. Um, I'll relate to certain master works on a presentation and, and go through that. So you kind of 
um, experiencing it in a different way, more tangible with the different senses. Towards the end of the evening, we'll enter into a Visio Divina prayer, which is using that sacred art and entering in to listen to the Holy Spirit in a different way. Uh, if you're familiar with Lexio Divina, which is using um, the written word, this is visual divina where you're using the visual word. So when I studied it, we were taught that we're basically creating visual homilies. So oh. enabling that to kind of sink into our hearts is, it requires us to be still and listen, to take some time. So in this day and age, we're so quick to like scroll and see, oh, it's nice, and then move on. Have we let it really touch our hearts? So hopefully at these events, there's space to do that. We give um, a time of prayer. We'll have the Blessed Sacrament, True Beauty himself exposed as well. And then my husband will play some music, some adoration music. Um, so really just a taste of all the senses so that we can kind of go deeper and hear the Holy Spirit in, in a different way through beauty. Um, ultimately, the goal is to fall deeper in love with the Lord and recognize his love for us so that there can be a posture shift, if you will, a surrender, just like we were talking about in that image that we allow him to really transform our hearts and whatever might be going on, whatever we might be bringing to the table. And, um, and then we'll have a time of question afterwards. There's opportunity to purchase art, of course, but it's, it's an encounter. I like that word the best because the hope is not to just come and listen or, or be entertained or, or even be wowed. Like I'm, I'm grateful when people enjoy the art, but Ultimately, I, I hope for people to experience God in a different way. And um, this is also a good opportunity if you know of friends that maybe um, are questioning their faith or are maybe sadly they've been wounded in some way. Like this is a good window in because beauty is uh, a little bit disarming and it helps people to enter in in a, in a way that's harder with just words. And it kind of pierces through the heart just because it has this particular power that the Lord gives it. So it's a good opportunity to bring those individuals as well, um, not just for ourselves, but to encounter God and help, help them to maybe have a special encounter with him. Absolutely. And I'm drawn to the artwork behind you, the, the St. Michael behind you. and. Yeah. You said um, it was St. Michael with the church. It was a representative of the church. Correct. Yes. So um, it's called the Defender. And we have um, this woman here. And everyone asks me, oh, who, who does she represent? She's just the church and us. Like we put, we can put ourselves in her place. It's a reflection on the St. Michael prayer. What happens when we say that prayer? Um, because we see the painting many times of, of St. Michael in that big, epic battle, which is true. But what happens when we say the prayer is what I wanted to reflect in this image. So she's saying that prayer and he's swooping in, assisting her in, in that moment of temptation, in the moment of fear, whatever it might be, and protecting her um, according to God's will. So we can put ourselves in that place and recognize the divine that's in hand. You know, we, we don't always see, um, most of the time we don't, we can't see that spiritual realm, but it does exist, it's really there. Absolutely. This has been so wonderful. I am looking forward to seeing you in Nashville. And 
I'm so grateful that it worked out and we could connect and you could be on my show. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm so grateful to be here and I look forward to seeing you as well and whoever else joins us and um, pray. Let's all pray together for the event and the Holy Spirit to work. Um, Because when the evil one knows that God is at hand, he does fight hard. I will say that. So pray for our journey out there, if you don't mind. protection and all of that. (laughs) Absolutely. Will you cleanse us in prayer? I would love to. I would love to. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your intimate encounter that you offer us. In the name of Jesus, reject any lies that say that this is not for us, that this intimacy is for uh, just the big saints we read about, or just priests and sisters, whatever it might be, Lord, we we proclaim the truth that your intimate love is for each one of us, for my heart, for for everyone who's listening. And we, we gratefully say we want to receive it, Lord. Give us the grace to receive it. And we know that your encounter is, is real. And we know that the one wants to fight hard against it. So we pray, we pray for protection for anyone listening, for anyone who wants to come whoever you call to come, angels, guard them, bring them to us, to this event, to your throne, ultimately to the Eucharist. Have mercy upon our hearts anytime that we doubt your presence, Lord, and grant us the grace to fully receive you in the Eucharist. And we ask this through the Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women and blessed is it for your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Thank you again so much for sharing your beautiful testimony, but also for being persistent with God and just pursuing Him until your path was revealed. I'm so grateful for you and that you are magnifying Christ through beauty. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you as well. And, uh, the Lord is good. That's all. It's all him. It's his grace. So thank you. <laughs> Amen. All right, friends, until we meet again next week, go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. God bless. To learn more about my ministry for midlife women, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com and be sure to check out Magnify, my online community for women where you will grow deeper in your faith, where you will find inner healing in areas that have kept you stuck for years, and where you can explore the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that you can go out and magnify Christ in the world. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is music by S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.